Welcome to Speaking Highly with John Huck. I am your host, John Huck. With me, as always, is Indy Fawcett. If you like what we're doing, if you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, rate, review. We're on all the podcast platforms, and we're on YouTube. Anything you can do is a help. Appreciate it. Um, how are you, man? Doing well. That was quick and concise. Yeah. I like it. You're you're Dude. you're well lubed up today. You know, we've done a lot of. And I should have said speakinghighly.com has all you need. Oh, right. Oh wow. Speakinghighly.com. I love it. You yeah, see, it I'm getting time. better at this promotion shit. It's <laughs> taking a while, but I'm getting better. Today we're gonna talk about Father's Day. We're gonna celebrate Father's Day. This is our Father's Day weekend show, if you will. Um, Indy and I are not dads, but we each have dads. Um or had uh, my father passed away in 2009, but um, he was a good dad. We had fun, and um, we have our guest today is Brian Irwin, who I hosted a podcast with called Hollywood Anonymous for about 190, 200 episodes. Um, but Brian's got two kids, and he's he's always been like since he had his first kid. I knew him then, and you know, you watch somebody kind of change and grow over that time and your priorities shift and you know, what you want out of life and what you think is good and what you know is good change. Um, and he's done, he's done really well, you know, I mean, he said a lot of help from his wife is, is a good mom and everything. It's not like he's on his own, but, um, his kids are cool. His kids are smart and funny and, you know, I think they're going to do all right. And it does, I do think it starts at the top. It starts with your parents. Uh, but I, I just wanted to run over a few. I know I don't do this often, but I thought this was funny. Father's Day was founded in Spokane, Washington at a YMCA by, what's her name? Sonora Smart Dodd, who was born in Arkansas, and her father was a Civil War vet. So from Arkansas, this dude fought for the South. <laughs> but he... His wife passed away or left, and he raised seven children on his own. And as he was getting older, this woman was like, we need to do, there was already, Mother's Day already existed as a holiday. And she's like, we need to do something for my dad. So what was the year? Uh, 19, June 19th, 1910 was the first official Father's Day. Um, so she kind of, I think she had to go to like government bodies and get them to okay it and say, yeah, this can be a holiday. But I do think, and I talk about this with Brian a little bit, like she did that for her dad, which is a nice gesture, but also very um, individual, meaning it's that guy particularly. So she wanted to celebrate him. And then all of a sudden, the rest of the dads in the country are like, wait, what? A whole day that you want to hang out with me and be around? No, 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 no. I, I don't want that. Like most dads want to just kind of under the radar and chill out and just do their thing. And it's uh, father's day makes that impossible now. <laughs> so uh, that just made me laugh. But, um, this episode is for all the dads. Um, I know it's not easy and you don't get a lot of credit because most of the time we are idiots, men in general, but dads in particular are not portrayed well in commercials and <laughs> they're always morons who can't do anything. But, um, also a huge part of who we are and, and, and how we grow up. So uh, enjoy my discussion with Brian Irwin about being a dad. Happy Father's Day, everybody. All right, guys. Brian Irwin, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, John Huckett. It seems like it's been uh, forever and a COVID since we've seen each other. It has been before it has been over a year and like four months or something like that 
in person, in person. In I've person, seen you on yeah. online. I've seen you <laughs> on the computers. Um, and uh, what, what we got going on in the background here? It looks like, uh, or, or it looks like you're like rich, <laughs> close encounters. You're like Richard Dreyfus. Is this like your 1980s? Oh yeah. So well, I'm a huge Spielberg fan. So. To the right, you're seeing the poster of Close Encounters in the far corner, which you can't see, but I'll, I'll pull it off and show you. Uh, when they redid Close Encounters, I went with my son, Elliot, to show it to him at um, the currently and sadly now defunct Cinerama Dome. Cinerama Dome, yeah. And so he and I went there and I took this photo because we were the only two in the movie theater watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind. We did what um, I was taught by a strange of all things we played hooky day and i took him i i took him out of school and and brought him oh yeah movie. and we watched you know what that's um that's a new that's a new thing i think the, the the grabbing your kids and taking them out of school like would your parents have ever done that to you not without me faking one of my seventeen thousand headaches where my mom's like i think we need to get your head scanned because you leave school a lot with headaches i'm like yeah I'll but that's okay. you we having Never ask yeah. a doctor, mom. Just ask me. I should still stay home. <laughs> yeah, no, it wouldn't. Um, yeah, my, there's no way my dad would be like, hey, I'm going to take you out of school. My dad would go crazy when, like, we were, we'd, he'd become home. We, what are you doing home? What are you home for? Oh, there's a school holiday. Holiday? What, what the fuck is the holiday? And then you'd, it would be some arbitrary, like, general and someone's like, oh, it's Pulaski Day. He, Pulaski day what are we doing go to school like he, he he would lose his mind at how many days off we had during the year and as kids you want of course every day off you can get but well you want um, every day off and your and your parents unfortunately came from a different generation specifically <clears throat> dads which is funny your dad is not that far from any dad which is they also want a reason to bitch about whatever happened in their lives previous to you and they use those moments like that. i didn't get pulaski day yeah, off I, I, I am, i'm so sick and tired of this <laughs> it's the first you've heard of it you heard about it three minutes ago well i'm sick and I'm tired of it <laughs> that's so true though but like how, how do you because because i've met your dad we we did uh we had your dad as a guest on the hollywood yeah. anonymous podcast yeah. that was really actually a really funny <laughs> i thought i feel like at the end he was just done he was like and he just kind of walked off <laughs> and we were like he did oh, walk we'll just... away that's right i forgot about that he literally <laughs> just kind of got up we ended it he left yeah and yeah. we were like and, and, and that's the show. <laughs> we just sort of like ended. God about that. That's so funny. But your dad is, is a um, level-headed. He was like a, you know, he's a solid guy. He was a, he was a good dad. You know what I mean? And from what I'm, what I gleaned off you guys talking and, and the conversation and him in general, just knowing him a little bit. Um, what what are like? What have you what have you taken from him and used uh, like with your kids? Like how have you because, you know, I, I, I understand and I do believe that every generation really just wants their kids to be have more than they did and be better than they are. And sort of like, you know, it's like an evolution of your genes kind of deal. You know, like if you go way back, I'm sure you had a dickhead great, great grandfather. And then, you know, if you, there's no like if you're white and you go far enough back, there's a huge asshole in your family. There's just yeah. there's no way to like, <laughs> there's no way to get around that. But. How but far then, do you have to go back? Could you? I mean, could it could it just be within the immediate time? Me? I don't have to go that far no, no, back. No, no. I'm saying with me. I'm just. <laughs> oh, but it it depends. I don't know your grandfather, your great grandfather, but I feel like neither did I. Every generation is like a little tries to be a little bit better, and it's a, like 
you ideally learn from the mistakes of the past and try not to repeat them and add some sort of sort of positivity to the future with your kids. Right. So what are, are there things that you specifically catch yourself doing where you're like, oh, that is totally something I got from my dad. And I don't mean in a negative way. I mean in a positive way, like in a way that's like, oh, thank God I got that from my dad. Well, I, I do. Um, I do get upset about the littlest thing. So that would be the negative. I, and I caught that's, myself. That's dad asked, anger, though. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I, and I often think about your dad anger joke. Because it's real. And, and it is real. And I, I have gotten into fights with inanimate objects, just like your father did. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I win about 50% of the time. So <laughs> oh, you do. You win. <laughs> I don't think I saw my dad win one of those fights. It was so, just like defeat. What I learned is the only reason why, and it is true, it does apply to parenting, specifically dads, what we're talking about. It, it does apply because you don't know where else to go. And the reason why you choose inanimate objects is because the goal there is to win. And it's sad when you don't. But anyway, that's besides the point. My, um, <laughs> um, no, I remember my dad, and, I, and this is to be kind of vague up front, but I remember he was, he like the generation before us, he was the breadwinner. He was the primary. So he wasn't around a lot. My mom took me to the baseball games. My dad tried to get to him when he could, but it was very rare. Um, he was always around on the weekends, but my dad was a builder. He was a, he was an artist, you know, he did all that kind of stuff. And my engagement with him on the weekends was mowing the lawn with him or holding a tool while he fixed a car or whatever. But I mean, he didn't love me. It's just, it was just a different, <clears throat> different time. Um, yeah. But, it, but, but he's not that different from like, I mean, you're from, I mean, if the, anyone doesn't know you're from Wisconsin Midwest, yeah. but that was very much like my dad had a job. He worked, he provided for the family and then. On the weekends, he wanted to like kind of not be left alone, but he wanted to like relax. And right. sometimes that was mowing the lawn or, you know, sitting outside or whatever. But as we grew older, it was relaxing while we did all the work. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, you guys mow the lawn. You guys rake the leaves. You guys clean the garage. And I'm going to sit here. And, 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 and in hindsight, yeah, good, good, dude. You worked a fucking 60 hour week. You have to go downtown. Everyone's a dick. Like, yeah, you deserve to sit there. But I will tell you what is interesting, and, and again, I'm sure, I'm the youngest of seven. So if you were to ask, oh, man, yeah, you were to ask right. each one of like I'm, we're the Brady Bunch plus one, so I'm four boys, three girls. You're Oliver. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm whatever kid should never have been there. You're Sam um, from Different Strokes. You're yeah. Oliver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I, I think if you were to ask each child, depending on when they were born and what the, and what it was like when you know they were going through it, right. Um, but for me, um, my dad was 38 years old when he had me wow. and, um, and so the relationship, I think if you think, if you, you know, you do the math, he was an older father, kind of actually similar to me and my kids. I was about the same age when I had, I was, I, I was actually 40, I think when I had my youngest son. So wow. there's, there's definitely similarities there as well. Um, my dad was not very athletic. He was a gymnast in high school, which he likes to bring up a lot for no reason, just to make us laugh. But he well, I was going to say, like, he's not bragging about that, is he? <laughs> no, but if you think about it, gymnasts, were very athletic and very muscular and stuff like that. You have so, to be lean yeah. and mean to be a gymnast. You'd really yeah. do. It is a yeah. yeah. But um, no, he. So th- th- my relationship with him was a little bit different, I think, than than my older siblings in the fact that he actually evolved. So I would remember um, he didn't work that far from our house. So I could actually get on a bike and go to work. And I mean, I think about this now. I'm like, 
who the hell was I getting on my bike with my friends and going and knocking on my, uh, going to the office building my dad worked at. I'm like, yeah, where's my dad? I want to just like do, I just want to annoy him right now. And he never was like, go away. Like he would let me come in. He would tolerate me, you know, and he worked at a place called Western Publishing that did like little golden books and stuff like that. Um, and so he was in the creative, in the creative world. And so he would at least let me, he would take me around and show me like what they did there and I'd meet his coworkers and stuff like that. And so like when I got into uh, photography, he would let me go and work with the guy there to, um, you know, make my, you know, uh, make a develop, develop film. Your, for those yeah. of you who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, you actually. <laughs> Before yeah, the should, Polaroid, like yeah. what? The Polaroid, yeah. what? So I think, uh, and, and one of the things that I, to this day, everybody in the family really liked was that, so when I got into filmmaking, I want, I, I started developing an interest in entertainment in, in, in general, a lot of which you and I talked about, you know, growing up watching Carson, Evening and the Improv, all that kind of stuff. There was a stand-up side, then I was really into music, but I was also really into filmmaking. And so I went to University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee for filmmaking. And as soon as I did, and this, this was the 80, late 80s, my dad went out and bought a video camera so he could go along on the journey with me. He would make his videos and his movies and he would want to do stuff with me and stuff like that. So there was something really like endearing about the fact that he was engaging and maybe it was because like my brother was a drummer and some other uh, of my siblings were uh, had like some artistic stuff, but primarily they, their, their interests were elsewhere. I think I was the one kid in the family that was the most broad stroke and closest to the things that he liked to do. Cause he was in plays. He was a song and dance man. He liked doing all that kind of stuff. And he could see that I had that interest. So um, we had, you know, we, he, he would experience stuff. And even when I, and I know you're going to laugh at this, but even when I went into radio, my dad, <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> Sweet. my yeah. dad signed up for the local radio station in Racine, Wisconsin to uh, involve himself there so that he understood the journey that I was going through. They were, par they were, they were parallel. He wasn't doing it with me per se, he right. was experiencing it. So he had something to talk to me about. And I always found that like unbelievably fascinating that he was doing this so that he could connect with me and talk with me on that level versus going, oh, you're in a radio? Cool, whatever. You know, or or just going, what's that like? And then you explaining it to him, and him not having an understanding of it. Right. If, if right. he says, "What's that like for you?" Then you explain. He goes, "Oh yeah, like." And then he describes WKRP in Cincinnati, and you're like, "Yes, just like that." Dad. Almost so close, <laughs> so close. But but that is, was he retired at the time when he was doing that? No, or did he no. no so he, he was uh, working on top of trying to keep up with what you were doing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to remember when he retired, but um, I think um, he may have been retired by the time I did radio. But definitely, obviously, not when I was. He was not retired Doing when I was filmmaking. going to film school at, 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 in Milwaukee. So, I, you know, it was that stuff. And I remember him telling me also that he read this book called Iron John, and it was it was a transitional book. I, I'm going to not be able to say much about it because it was so long ago. But really, what the book was about was about men really understanding that they don't have to be men and they can actually love their children and they can show emotion. They can say the words, I love you, right? Like they can, and that's not a sign of weakness, right? So he kind of went through this, I think, a phase where he started understanding like, yeah, you know, I wasn't there for my kids a lot because of my job. You know, and imagine trying to um, 
make a living for seven kids, right? So, of course, Jesus Christ, dude, I can't even make a living for myself. How am I going to make a living for seven kids? And the funny thing is, I never held it against him. I, I, when I grew up, I was like, yeah, that's what Dad does. He was engaged when he was around as much as he yeah. possibly could be. Yeah, he, he didn't ignore wasn't. you. He wasn't like a like a deadbeat or anything. He was no, busy. He wasn't. He didn't. He didn't come home. Grab a bottle of whiskey, sit down in front of the TV, and tell us all the shut stuff. up. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, so they, they, when I look back on it now, I think because I experienced a lot more of that side of my father than maybe some of my other siblings did, I definitely see how that I've I've taken on that role with my kids very early on. It's it's no surprise to anybody that knows me. I'm very engaged in my kids' lives. I I, I volunteered at their schools. I'm their coaches for everything that they do. You were whatever, a PTA president. They, yeah, yeah. I was. If you are yeah. going to take those two terms, two term president. If you were to take take those steps, to I mean, my mom was a PTA president. The the shit that I would that she would endure that she had to deal with with the teachers and the parent I mean it's a parent teacher association it's back and forth it's a fucking tedious nonsensical bullshit that probably doesn't even need to be discussed and if you just used common sense you could figure it out on your own but they have to have a PTA they have to have a fucking person running that and for you to take those steps to endure all that there clearly is you not only want to help your children or be engaged with what they're doing, you want to make sure that it's being done right and that people aren't just completely fucking up their education and their fucking lunch hour. And Yeah, I mean, what you're describing, and, and let's, just, let's just not beat around the bush, I was a helicopter parent. I was involved in everything. I was around nonstop. Um, but, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm being serious about that, and I think a lot of parents in this generation have helicoptered, and it's been a little bit dangerous, right, because you can make your kids soft. If they're not, if they're not, if you don't pull back a little bit and let them make their own decisions and make their own failures, right? You can't step. And that's something that I've, I, especially when it comes, I have two boys. So especially when it comes to um, sports, which I believe, you know, I was, a, I was an athlete, but when I, when I, when I was an athlete, it was jocks were jerks and they beat up on the theater people and no one liked them. And like, you had their burnouts, the theater people, and, you know, and you had the jocks and the jocks were just dumb jocks, right? Well, that world's kind of evolved a lot because, you know, sports has become such a business now, you know, so it, it and, and sports, when you learn a lot more about sports, you realize that when, depending on how you play it and how you teach it, you can, you can insert a lot of life lessons in it because once you realize that no one's going to the big leagues and no one's going to make money off of this and you calm yeah. down, you realize there's so much more to get out of sports that versus winning and losing or who's the best and who's the worst and how can we belittle the worst kid that stuff has kind of evolved and changed quite a bit that being said i have to be careful because i found myself getting so engaged that i never wanted to allow my kids to fail which is why i coach so i wanted to give them every opportunity but eventually that turns into they don't really know what it's like to fail to make their own decisions on the baseball diamond or in the classroom and not have a parent swoop in and fix it all for them. And I, I'm still to this day, that's what I got. I'm trying to figure out now. Cause I think I'm doing them a disservice if I don't let them back off a little. Yeah. yeah. You, they got to mess up, man. You and I both know we messed up a lot. A lot Dude. of times our parents don't even know what we messed up on. Yeah. My mom's um, still finding out about shit. And she's like, what is wrong with you? You know, but yeah, there, there is, you really do. It's also like with sports, you can't, 
Like your kids like baseball. Your kids like football. They enjoy those things. But I would think that the minute one of them says, "Uh uh-uh, this fucking sucks, you'd be like, okay, here's a crossroads. You can either quit, walk away, and be done with it. And if you eventually want to come back to it, you can because it's just a dumb sport and you're a kid and you got your whole life ahead of you. You can do whatever right. the fuck you want. Or, you know, and it's, it's a teachable moment in a sense, you know, and there's nothing wrong with if you're not having fun at something. Again, another fine line. It's like if you're not having fun, you shouldn't have to do it. But at the same time, don't just quit because you're not good at it. Like if you like it, you could probably work at it and not again, no one's going to the bigs. You can't think like that. But there's a... There's kind of a, like, if I, I'm just, and this is just me thinking if I had kids, like, I wouldn't want to make my kid play baseball. I would want my kid to play baseball, but I wouldn't force him to play baseball. And if at a point he was like, like, what happened to me? I couldn't hit a curveball. And I was 14. And I had not potential to play in the majors, but I could have probably gone on and played in high school, you know? And at 14, I was like, who, this guy's throwing 70 mile an hour curveballs? Like, I'm not doing this. What is this? I'm out of here. And, it was a frustration where I had been so good at the sport for so long. Like growing up, I was huge. So in T-ball and then, you know, following that, like I had hand-eye coordination. I could catch, I could throw, and I could run in slow motion, but I could run, you know. And at 14, I just kind of walked away. And and my parents weren't, you know, they never forced me to play any sports, but they weren't like um, – they didn't question that decision either, you know. And I was just – in my head, I'm like – when I think about it now, I'm like, well, maybe I could have just – worked a little harder at it It was like I just kind of gave up you know and I don't I don't regret that and I'm not saying my baseball career was cut short at 14 years old (laughs) because I decided I couldn't hit a curveball but I just think there is a fine line of like if if a kid is is coddled or 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 you know babied too much at a certain point if it doesn't go his way or her way she's just like well then fuck this I'm out of here and then you're like well that's not the lesson I'm trying to give my kids you know because there is there is something to be said for, you know, this is a thing. This is a, a, a struggle. It's hard. It's an obstacle, but I can get over that or plow through it or whatever it is, you know, um, uh, I can, you know, and this is again, me with the hindsight of being older now, but it's like, you could gain, like you said, life knowledge out of these setbacks that you might, you, as you, you might see them as setbacks when you're a kid, or reasons to quit something or reasons to walk away. But there is like something you said for overcoming things like that and then moving forward and understanding that you quit on your own terms and not because you couldn't do something or, you know, somebody was mean to you or whatever. Yeah. If you're forcing your kid to do something, um, I wouldn't forcing them to love something that they have no interest in. That's called uh, abuse. Chapter one of how to find a way to get your kid to hate you for the rest of their lives. That's yeah. really what that book was. Because I've talked to plenty of guys in sports that were like, I hate my dad. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because he was relentless with me in some form of sport or something in their lives early on. And then there's that other dad. And I used to be this dad, which is the come on, like, like a kid can't fail. And like you're that like bent out of shape. And you know, when a kid's little, they don't want to let it, they don't want to let you down. You know, even when they say they're not doing something for you, of course they're doing it for you. That's what kids... That's they only know you. They, they know. don't know anyone yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're like, come on, like, oh man, I didn't realize I could never do anything wrong and uh, and without disappointing my parents or my dad. Right. And it's like, no, go, go and fail. And hopefully 
you'll get better at something through failure because that's the whole point of life. It's like, good God, you think it sucks now. Wait until you become, <laughs> right? Like, wait till you, you become me. No, I mean, wait yeah. till some of your career choices you make if you want yeah. to face some serious failures. But if you were allowed to face those, you have a different way of processing that later on in your life, you know? Yeah. Not Understanding through drugs and alcohol, you know? Yes, which is, uh, Another thing that I feel, and again, I'm not like connected to the youth in any way, but like my cousin was in town the other day with her kid and her kid is 16 and her kid had a friend and this two 16 year old girls were walking around Hollywood Boulevard and they're basically Snapchatting and laughing the whole time. You know what I mean? Where when I was 16, if my parents would have been like, hey, we're going on vacation and you have to walk around with us, I'd have been like, everyone can fucking burn it down. We're done here. Like I would have been a miserable piece of shit. I would have been annoying. They would have been annoyed at me. Um, And, and it would have all been because I just want to go hang out with my friends, drink beers and be in the woods and piss outside, you know, and I don't, and again, I only know, like, I know your kids. I know Colton, Eddie Pence's kid. I know my cousin's kids and they don't Don't forget your brother's kid. Yeah, but she's like, you're very young at this point, you know, but these other kids are, are growing up and they're getting to be that age where, I would rather spend my time with my buddies token up and boozing it than I would going to school and learning anything, you know, but, but I don't see these kids that way. They, they don't, and maybe they're just, maybe I'm just the dumb adult who's like, Hey, well, these kids are they're good kids. And meanwhile, they're out like, Hey, fuck you. We just robbed you. I don't know. But I, I feel like there's just less of the, again, it's an evolution of humanity. It's just like, we don't need to get hammered at 16 years old. There's no well, need for that. I think you know? really what you're saying, John, is that because there, there are still troublemaker kids. And I think the difference is how, and it, it goes back to two things, I believe that this is what I'm learning anyway, and I'm still learning, is that one, engage. Enjoy the time that you have because it is a very short period of time, right? I'm already getting close to losing one of my kids to moving out of the house. And I never, you've known me forever. I mean, that's a crazy statement for me to make, to think that, I had one of my sons is really close is way closer to going to college than he was shitting a diaper. It's like, it's crazy, right? Like, so it's a short, short window. So you have to start learning how to enjoy the experiences for the now, whatever that experience is, the good and the bad and the ugly of it. It's a journey together. And you just try to make the best of, of each day versus trying to predict the future challenge the future, do everything for the future. And it's like, if you do that with your kids, if you drive, 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 you're not enjoying what you have now. And part of it means you have to let them also be a part of the decisions of where you're, where that drive is going, what those experiences will be so that everybody, you know, can be happy to, you know, together, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just, there's a very, what you, you said, like you said it a couple of times, like now in the now, like, the future is a thought form. There's no, it's like, oh, I think, yeah, okay, that's all you can do because you cannot say definitely, I'm gonna, that's gonna, it'll happen. No, you don't know. It's everything past right now, like further than right now is a thought form and everything past you is unchangeable and sort of a dream. You don't need to dwell on it. You don't need to get super hypercritical. If you made a mistake, you can grow from that mistake and you can move forward into now, into the present moment, because that's it. That's all there is. Like, 
it's such a bizarre, like the history of the universe is so massive and so widespread and so violent and so crazy how stars were made and planets, everything shot out. And then in this little tiny earth, little people are made and their lifespan is even littler. And the fact that any of us are alive is a fucking miracle. You know what I mean? And I had a point and I forgot it. (laughs) You'll make a great dad. Yeah, no. And on uh, that note, um, you guys know what I'm saying. Now get out of here. Wait, well, what? dude, that that would be I. That's why I don't. I mean, that's part of the reason I don't have kids. Is is I I don't have the patience at this age to. I, I, children are. I find them to be annoying at times, and I don't. And I know everyone. The Stanhope has a great bit where he says. Um, you know, people tell you if you have a kid and if you don't like kids, oh, you should have a kid of your own. It'll be different. He says, what if it's not though? What if I get this kid and I just fly, he's crying on an airplane. And I just want to squeeze a lemon into his eye. <laughs> this is like, what if I just hate him? And I'm not, I wasn't worried. I'm not worried about that, but like, just, I, I'm not, I'm not interested in it. It just doesn't, it doesn't hold any kind of like, oh, I want to do that. You know, um, like well, you this know show. How I feel about that. I actually uh, agree with the fact that if you don't want to have kids, don't worry about it. You know, over 80%, almost over 85% of all humans have a breed, right? So, man, that's a lot. It's okay. It's okay for those that don't. We have enough, is what I'm saying. We have enough. And quite frankly, if you're not going to put the time in to give a shit about something, because it is not easy to raise kids, right? I, I, we, we just got a puppy and dude, I'm going to lose my mind. So, like, because there, because a puppy is like a combination of a baby and a toddler and a serial killer and, <laughs> and it's just an escaped prisoner. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's just, um, it, and I realize at my age, I'm like, Oh my God, I couldn't imagine if I had Tony Randall and got like a kid later on in life. And like, he was like 70 Tony yeah. Randall when he got, when he got, <laughs> my guess is he probably had a nanny, but still it doesn't matter. It's, it's, <laughs> He's chasing the kid around a park. Isn't that Tony Randall? <laughs> yeah. Could you? Yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, it's, it's kids are a lot of work. They're a yeah. lot of work, you know, and I'll give you a perfect example. When, Going back to that, the thing you were, you know, people complaining about kids and it's okay. The only people who can't complain about kids, as far as I'm concerned, are parents. And they definitely can't complain about teachers and other kids and how other people handle their kids. I think it's none of your business, unless they're literally beating the living crap out of those kids. It's not quite our place to be, they're doing something nefarious, right? Or immoral to children. That's when we should step in. The rest of it, it's like none of my business, right? But I remember parents constantly complaining about teachers in the school not doing enough for their kids in the classroom and do more and do more for the kids and these same parents dude they'd have a sleepover with like six kids at their house and at two o'clock in the morning like get them all the fuck out of my house all of them we're getting get in the car get in the minivan we're taking you each one of you back to your fucking homes already i'm done with you yeah it's just like oh yeah but the teachers you expect them dude. to put up with them every day 36 of them at a time and you're expecting perfection you have six at your house for a sleepover and you're kicking them out four hours later. You it's know? so it's so crazy to me how parents think that teachers should raise their children. <laughs> it's like, dude, what? This is a teacher. They work for shit money, like shit money. And they're at a school that looks like it's falling down, surrounded by crappy artwork made by kids. And 
they're supposed to what? Teach your kids about life? No, they can barely teach your kids about math because your kid is a fucking idiot because he came from your house and you're a shitty parent. It's it's like if I was a you teacher. You're a great principal. Dude, my friend's wife is a principal and she has to deal with that. And it's – I equate it now to being a, a doctor. Like if you're a doctor and you're like, you know, uh, hey, you got this thing you got to take a care of. Uh Okay, real good, but I was watching a podcast, and the podcast said that if I just rub this cream on the back of my neck, I'll be fine. Doctor's like, I went to medical school for 10 years. You watched a podcast? Yeah, do what you, do your thing. It's like Happy Gilmore when he's like, oh, man, you got to stay off your leg for six weeks. He's like, no, nah, fuck that. I got to play. And he's like, yeah, good. Do whatever you want. What do I know? I'm just a doctor. Like, what are you even asking me for? It's, it's, it's maddening, but the, I feel like the teachers are the same way almost, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, in, in, in my world, I my kids, perfect. Oh my God, I'm speaking to that. So it, obviously, as you know, I, we talked about it earlier. I, I went to film school. I've made a few films. You were kicked life. out of film school. I was kicked out of film school, but for I for making a narrative. For, for making a narrative, but I went, <laughs> uh, and I did make it. I did complete it, and I did a proper narrative in an avant-garde film school. And they said, <laughs> "Cool, leave." That's first of all, though, that's such a like that's like a sketch or a movie scene, like just like everyone else wearing turtlenecks and berets and they're like <laughs> snapping with their fingers. And you come in with a here's a cartoon about a bird and he talks and he takes a shit and it's really hilarious. And everyone's like, oh, what do you got a followable storyline there, guy? Come oh my on, God. you're done here. And I told you the film that followed me, right? Was <laughs> a guy, dude, jacking <laughs> off in a shadow. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on here? I, I'm getting kicked out. This guy, this guy is literally. This guy made a film about beating off in the bushes, and yeah, I'm getting what? kicked out yeah. of school. What? 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 You, who developed that film? Who developed oh, it? That and that—that that was back when you had to. So you. Well, no, it. we we did it. Did ourselves, it yourself? Right? You did it yourselves, right? Yeah. Okay, but that is—that would be hilarious. Like, hey, I got my film project. Can you? What is this? Is a silhouette beating off into the bushes? <laughs> So my youngest son has his elective is a film class and he goes, I have to make a documentary. And I was like, cool. Yeah. Um, and so we were working on a documentary together. He, he and I went to, he, he plays travel baseball. So we went to this, we, we did a weekend. He was, he wanted to do the pros and cons of travel baseball. Was it, a lot of people say travel baseball is not good for kids because it's too intense and um, he was he was tying it into his personal journey and, and how he perceived it and how he thought the best way to do it, right? So we're getting all this footage and I'm trying to, t he, he's like, I need your help. You know, and as a parent, you're like, yeah, you do because daddy makes films. So thank you yeah. for asking me about something I know. He's like, you're tall, hold this. Yeah, and every <laughs> time I'm like, all right, so what you, you should do is you, you you need to get like a shot like this and i'm like it's documentary so you need to get a lot of footage so when you go back to edit it and you have you have your uh because it was a voiceover i'm like you make sure that you have enough footage for your voiceover he's like okay and then he shoots nothing and i'm like dude just come on and i then i just started shooting stuff and giving it to him and so he goes back after the, the weekend's over he makes a rough cut and he says what do you think and i said what do i think i said well i think it's okay but to be honest with you i think there was a lot of footage i gave you and i told you that if you want to do this properly 
these are the things that are missing from it. And I said, you talked about travel baseball. And the only time you put baseball in it was in the credits. You didn't show yourself playing baseball. And I go, at least that you should put in the middle. He goes, okay. And I came back later. I go, would you make any changes? He goes, no, I submitted it. I was like, well, why did you ask me for any help? I did. I gave you advice. I gave you professional information. I shot footage for you. You could care less. You just want to submit the project. And I'm not even shitting you, John. You got an A. Later, the teacher comes back and says, the, the, uh, the, the, the grade curve was 300. You get 300 points for a, a good movie. She's like, 325, best movie ever. And I was like, that's bullshit. And I said to him, I go, no, dude. And he was laughing at me because he was like, oh, yeah, I didn't take any of your advice. Look at it. I got like an A++++. And I'm like thinking to myself, yeah, but your teacher bailed on you, dude. Yeah. that that Everyone got 325. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this? Your dad taking a dump? Yep, 325. What is this? A dog taking a dump? 325. Like. It was almost like the teacher, I think, said, hey, here's a project you can torture your parents with, right? Like, pretend like you give a shit about what they have to say and then pull out the carpet from underneath them and do nothing that they say. And make. And then I'll give you an A+. It'll be great. It'll (laughs) blow their minds. They'll freak out. Although if I was a teacher and I had to deal with shitty parents, I would do that. I would make assignments that were like, this weekend, it's a two-day project. You're going (laughs) to... Just get your parents involved, like ah, uh, but that's really funny. You, and that's the that's a very dad thing. That like, oh, you, oh, you need my advice? Here's what I think. Just turn around, does whatever the fuck he wants. Because shut up, old man. You know what I mean? Like there, the that because uh, my dad was like, I even heard him. He would complain when he anyone would ask him a question and do the opposite. Like somebody asked him about cameras once and he was like, well, yeah, I would Polaroid his shit. Don't get, cause my dad was a photographer. He knew photography. He knew cameras. Somebody asked him a question about it. He goes, yeah, I don't get the Polaroid. Dude goes out and gets a Polaroid. Dad's like, what the fuck did he even ask me for? Why am I, what am I wasting my time giving this person advice? Like what? He was, his mind was blown. But at the same time, not everyone's going to listen to you in life. And no. it, you might as well learn it from your friends and your kids. <laughs> no, the kids, I learned it a lot from my kids. They don't, they take very little at this point because they're both teenagers. And oh, I know man. it's going to sound hack, nope. but they really don't take a lot of advice from me anymore. <laughs> when they were like nine, 10, I mean, dude, if I said something, they're like, this guy, this guy knows what's up. They're like, this guy, dad, clearly has done everything in life. And he is a specialist. He's he lived. is a life specialist. So to the T, what big superstar dad says, as soon as they get to a teenager, like this bum, as soon as they get to a teenager, yeah. you know what happens. Well, they go they, to school. They look at you like, I'm sorry, what have you done, with, what have you done in your life? Where, they go where to are school your... <laughs> and their friends show them a YouTube video of you and they're like, <laughs> is this your dad? And they're like, yeah, we don't listen to him anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's another thing that you have to, as a, as a parent now, that parents in the past never had to worry about. With, like... All the dumb shit my my dad did when he was a teenager or when he was in his 20s or when he was in his 30s or whatever, none of that's on the internet. No. You know? If, if he wanted to be in a band, if he wanted to play the banjo, if he wanted to do... He could do that and fail at it and it never goes on the internet. It just lives in his own mind as something he did, you know? And that's fine. But like now, you know, you're a comedian. You're an actor. You're a filmmaker. You've been doing these things f- since you moved to LA, if not before. So... There's a lot of stuff that you've done that's funny and lowbrow and 
farty and, you know, dicky and pussy and whatever other words are in there that, that like they can find online now. Dude, it's funny that you said that. So I got, I got a call uh, from a friend who remained nameless, who begged me after he found out that his kids <laughs> had found a video that I had made with him that included a double dong dildo. Oh my and God. And they were sharing it all like all they, over the and place. they couldn't they were and, and he was like he couldn't handle it anymore he's like and I, he goes i'm I, I goes i don't like to be this guy but he goes i gotta put it i gotta stop this can you please just take this off your youtube page and i was like yeah i get it dude because i mean after a while it's like hey is that your double dong dildo dan yeah. okay. all right like, <laughs> you know and the thing is at the time we did it it was a cheap easy joke it was funny you know it, in context of what we did and when we did it, it was really funny. But years go by, your world changes, your life changes. You incorporate people that you have to manage, right? To go to what you're talking about. And he kind of got caught off guard with it because a lot of that stuff too, in this content-driven world, especially for people like us, we just forget that we even Dude. made a lot of stuff and you just forget. But you know what? That doesn't, that, 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 that rule still applies for people like on Facebook and Twitter, like specifically Facebook more like the crazy wacky photos, probably 12 years ago that people were like putting up at parties they were at. And then eight years later they get married and they start having kids and they forget. Nobody, nobody looks at their posts from 12 years ago. Not till it pops up as a memory and you're like, Oh my God, I did what? And you're like, Holy shit. I got to delete this now. Yeah. And I can't yeah. even imagine going to your kids in like a really serious moment where like, you've got to set them straight. And, <laughs> and they're, they're like, like Hey, and, double dong deal though, dad. Really? Roll tape. And as they just hold up a phone and be like, is this, is this you? Were you doing seven minutes at the improv? Yeah. Like <laughs> talking about mom's vagina and now <laughs> all of a sudden milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but that is, that's true, man. That's crazy. Like parents, had the option to save their wild days stories and their crazy shit for when their kids were like old enough to have a beer with and be like, ah, yeah, I get it, you know, or getting married or whatever that is. And that is like a bonding thing, you know, like there's a couple of times I got in trouble. My dad was like, yeah, but you know, I did this a couple of times, whatever. So, but I never had the ammo to be like, oh yeah, here's you and Donnie Solupski hanging out on sixth street, eating your own boogers or whatever. You know, I didn't, it was just, but there, there is that. You just got to and, – and you're right. We – you know, I moved out here when I was 23, 24. The videos that I made between 24 and 30, I don't want those online. <laughs> I don't right. need any of that online. Like you, you – you, but again, this is why I get upset when people go back into someone's tweets from 10 years ago and they're like, look at this piece of shit. And you're like, let's talk to them now because yeah. my guess is – they're not that piece of shit anymore. Yeah. Because if you look at just the way, like in general, who, like I'm talking about myself at this point, like all those things you say and do in your youth that are dumb or whatever, the, there's a place for them in your growth. And then you realize out of whether it's horror or you're terrified of people finding you feel stupid, you know, you grow beyond that. That's how growth works. You know, you can't, 
expect someone at 15 years old to be as wise as someone who's 50. It's just not gonna, you, they don't have any life experience. Their world is this big. At 50, you've been out, you've seen some people, you've been to other countries, you you know what I mean? There's, there's life. You've lived a life. And that, and, and at that point, you've met, like I said, you met other people, you see that your struggles are really not as different as other people's struggles. And everybody has a, has a shitty time every once in a while, you know, it's like, but as a kid, you don't, that, that shit doesn't register. Your world is just you and your friends and that's all that matters. But when you get on the internet, it becomes the whole world. So. Yeah, I, I, I definitely know, at least for me, the way I've kind of, um, if, if it was to come up in the future, um, I, I, I kind of go back to, I would, I would definitely lean on what you kind of already brought up, which is evolution. Like we all evolve. What, 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 I, what concerns me about society now is the ability, the inability or the, to, to want to forgive and or the inability to believe that people make mistakes and can, and, and can write their own ships. And for them to think that they don't make mistakes or they will never make mistakes. And I don't want to live in that world. I don't want my kids to grow up in that world and be that type of judgmental. I'm okay with all the culture shifts that are happening. Don't get me wrong. I think all these culture shifts were long overdue. And I think that they will shape a better future for us by far. But we're kind of in the transitional phase right now. And I'm raising kids in the transitional phase right now. And I think that we all kind of have to be careful and, and judge each scenario based on the now versus the past. And also how, how bad was the past? And, and, and how much have they evolved from that, right? I mean, it's like, because it, it, it varies. It's, it's, it's not all one thing. It's not, it, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's, and so, and that's what I want my kids to understand too. It's not like this whole idea of like, what'd you just say? I'm done with you forever. You are Satan, moving on. Look, if that's, if that is what makes your life easier, rock and roll. But I can tell you right now, for me personally, I've never seen it make anybody around me, this whole idea of just, I'm pissed at you. I'm pissed at you. I'm pissed at you. I'm never going to forgive you. I'm never going to forgive you. That doesn't make you happier. It actually makes you more miserable. And it, and you're now creating a miserable world for yourself and for the people that you have done that to. And, so and anyone around find you. Find a way to come together, evolve, and learn. Yeah. Even if you cut those people out, you're still making it. You're, you're correct. You're still miserable, and you're making everyone around you miserable because yeah. you're miserable. It's like it. it there's, there's a, like, holding grudges and, and being pissed um, you know, over the last year and a half, two years, um, there's definitely been people that I'm like, okay, we, what, what we had has run its course and that's fine. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. Um, but this is it. You know what I mean? Like there, but, but that's what life is. Like, I'm not friends with everybody I went to grade school with. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I am friends with uh, at least four or five kids that I went to grade school with still, but like, you know, you, and I don't mean to say like in a using way, but like, you, you know, you have a friend and, and when you're not, when it's sort of like, you can, you can grow apart. It can happen between husband and wife. It can happen between, you know, so that kind of shit is normal. I think, you know what I mean? To just be My like, life okay. is chapters. Like I was just talking to yes. Nate, 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 down, we, Nate and I got together yesterday and we Nate had Cordry, our, everybody. Yeah. We had our post COVID 
what what things have we learned in isolation and, and what, when, when everything's taken away from you, what are the things that you are taking away from it when you get your life back? And we kind of talked about, um, I shared with him, you know, the, the one thing that I've learned having been on this planet for 50 years is that, um, you know, movies, television shows, books, all those things, those chapters, those acts, those were those were not, those were not things that were put upon us. Those things were created by human life. Life created acts. Life created chapters. And to go back to what you were talking about, and this is kind of the stuff that I talk to my kids about. It's like, you know, they went through that one one of those phases already. It's like when you're in elementary school, everybody there, your teachers, your friends, this is this is forever. And it's like it's not. Or like your first girlfriend or boyfriend, it's forever. Or your first forever. television show, your right. first it's job not. in television. Like this is where yeah. I'm gonna be friends with these people forever. Yeah. And you're like, where did everyone go? Yeah, and, it, and it's just not. And I think for what I'm trying to get them to be a little bit ahead of the curve from when, when I was is don't take it personally when it ends. It's okay. You you the people around you and the things that you do in a certain time. It was for that time. It's that chapter. It's that act. And you may run into people in the future and you can be pleasant with them. That doesn't mean you have to rekindle anything. That doesn't mean that you have to, you know, argue about why you didn't stay friends. People move on. They do things in their lives and you should be able to accept that. And sometimes it comes back around and sometimes it doesn't, but it's acts, it's chapters but, and, and it's okay. And every chapter and every act serves the purpose of driving the story forward. So yes. you're, again, it's like an evolution of spirit, humanity, intelligence, whatever. But, but yeah, every, like that's why everything I've done in my past, it's dumb that I, I cringe at so much stuff, you know. And, and I think you can't be like, you can't be mad at it because all the shit, all the mistakes, all the fucking dumb shit I did instead, it's like it led me here. And I this is good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand that I'm not that person anymore. And that through the course of working on myself and figuring it out. But again, that is part of the men can have feelings and men can do, you know what I mean? Which I've had relatives say on the other side of my family that are like, well, it's a, hey, you're a man who can actually say what he feels, you know, right. and that's, it's not, you know, but I'm being compared to a guy who went to Vietnam at age 17. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we had some different lives. You know, at 17, I was like, I'm not going to Magic Castle, Mom. <laughs> not Magic Castle, uh, uh, Medieval Times. You know what right. I mean? Like, it was yeah. like, I'd yell, I'd yell about dumb shit at 17. Meanwhile, he's like, I'm waist deep in a swamp, like, you know, fucking enemies around. Like, it's a different life you know it's just different so everyone's gonna be different but at the same time there is more of an understanding that i think the separation of men and women is a little bit less meaning like we can it's you don't have to be one spectrum you know it's not like you know i'm over here i'm a man and i crush things with my skull and it's like no man you can also cook and clean and wash the fucking windows and, and go grocery shopping and make dinner and you know and and a woman can do whatever you know what i mean it's like we've become a little bit closer i i don't know if that is making any sense but um it's evolution what you're saying yeah. is and which which i find a little bit ironic that the same people that um, are for evolution are against the idea that some people evolve. 
it makes you know what i mean it's it's very it's very contradictory you know what i mean it's like no no if you believe that we have evolved then why can't you believe that someone from 10 years ago has also yeah evolved it goes hand in hand you know and you know it's funny dude like i've been going through i got bored and i went through all my old dv tapes and i've been going through i've documented a lot since i've been out here in 20 years and it's everything from stand up to things, little segments of things that I've shot to and, and it's like mixed in with my actual life. And it was fascinating to go through a portion of my life. But to go back to something you said a long time ago um, about it starts to feel like a dream. And so what happens is I'm looking at these these like old videos of myself, like doing stand up or something, and I'm watching it and I'm like. I don't remember any of this. Like I'm looking at a stranger on that screen. Right. And I thought that was a little bit odd, but then I would get the kids stuff up and I would call them down and be like, you guys look, remember they're like, I have no idea what that is. I, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Nobody can yeah, remember. No, no, it's just, <laughs> that was then whatever. A lot of shit happened since then. This is who we are back to the now. This is who we are now. And I'm sure there's things, and there's definitely things in those tapes, not only just silliness and cringeworthiness and just different personalities, but inside of all that also were little tidbits of who we are now, right? Little tidbits you can still see of yourself, right? And they can see of themselves. And that was my big takeaway, you know, yeah. is it's these little tiny pieces of the puzzle that you build, right? And you try to build on, uh, you know, build on and, and grow from as well. And that's like, that's, I mean, it, I, I don't know if I get too crazy deep with my kids and they think I'm just some wackadoodle dude that, you know, that is constantly talking about that stuff. Cause I never really got that deep, you know, with my parents. I mean, now I do now cause they're in their 90s. You know, my, my dad's in his 90s, my mom's in her late 80s. Yeah. We have, we have a lot more heavy conversations now. Yeah. Right? Because they're on the other end of it now. They're, they're close to, the other side and it's got it as your kids get older and i i think i don't know if i'm weird or what but i've thought about the end and you know what i i can pretty much guarantee you this is what it was when i got cancer when i was 19 like i didn't think about death at all until that and then i was like oh anybody can die at any time and I've kind of not fixated on it but like it's really just always in the back of my mind and only like a couple years ago did I start realizing that it's just part of it and it's not a big deal. We rent these bodies for a little while. I don't know if I do the wave on the the wave on the ocean thing all the time, but like that's what it is. It's like each individual wave is different and unique, but it's still connected to the ocean and it whether it blips out or wipes out a whole civilization or barely makes it to shore it all goes back in it doesn't like break apart and disappear it goes back in so like little pieces and then those pieces get mixed up with another piece of wave and then that wave comes up and then it's that's why there's only 50 faces that's why you look at people and go oh that that's a guy who looks like a that's a white version of a black guy I know. Or that's a, you never do that. You're like, oh my god, that guy looks like so and so, but that my friend is black. Or, and it's like, it's just a face. There's only so much DNA 
all the energy that exists in this world already exists. It's not, there's no new energy coming in and there's no energy leaving. So it's just being broken down and repurposed and you're going to come back as in some form or another mixed with other energy. And it's going to, that's why I think when you look at it, sometimes you can look at an animal and see a human face you're like, oh man, that dog looks like my dad or whatever. And you're like, probably some of your dad in that dog, you know what I mean? And not, you know, in a weird bestiality way, but in a way that's like every living thing is a wave. It's just, a, it's its own wave. That's we're all inner, we're all, um, like singular beings that are interconnected. It's just yeah, like, it's, it's like it's a string of beads. Yeah. And the consciousness stuff that you talk about. And I think, I can't remember if you were, if I had told you about that, but there was like the, that there was a documentary on Netflix that was talking about, that was all about death. Surviving death. Surviving death. You and told it, it like, you told me about it, and then I watched it, and the first one, and then the one that you brought up, which was talking to your kid about another yeah. life. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I I cannot recommend, by the way, that's that the first episode and the episode about the the previous lives, uh, surviving death on Netflix. Uh, check it out because it, I believe, it helped someone very close to me, sort of be okay with death do you know not okay with it but understand that death is really only hard for the living like once you die you're 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 in it man you're back out there you know it's it's kind of exciting you know you're not going to be like i'm brian and i'm in the afterlife but but it's it's gonna be it's it's like david bowie said i don't know where i'm going next but it's gonna be it's gonna be weird you know and by the way defending your life is a great movie if you want to if you want to completely different but you everybody should watch defending your life one of the great albert brooks but yeah i agree with you i the, that that documentary. The only thing I didn't like was when they got too into the mediums and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, that got goofy, and I, that was yeah. janky. But talk about your kid, and because oh. that's what made me really be like, "That's real. That's real." Well, it goes back to, and you've you know, for for a long time since I've known you, you've been kind of talking about consciousness and stuff like that, and how um, the consciousness leaves the body, you know, the vessel, and all that kind of stuff. And and um, you know, again, I don't know if any of us are right. But the th- we'll find out in due time, right? But what I found fascinating about the past life thing was that they there was a kid, and you know there's you've heard a lot of stories about kids that have like these horrible hor- horrible nightmares, right? And um, and sometimes the, or they just are like playing and they start talking about like this whole other life that they had, and then they eventually. It freaks the parents out and then the kids eventually kind of, it goes away, right? Going back to your broken little pieces things, it was there and it's, it's turning into something else, but it was still there and ever present more so I think for some kids. And I, one has to wonder if it's in everybody and some just don't say it out loud or never discuss it. And then eventually it goes away, right? So anyway, I watched it and as a joke, I, was done with the series and I watched stuff by myself. I want to be very clear when I tell the story. The kids weren't anywhere near. They didn't even know what I was watching. I go down in. Nobody I, wants to hang out with you. Your family no, does not want to watch TV spot. with you. <laughs> I go to my secret spot. I microdose and I watch TV. Right, so, <laughs> the, so it's done and I walked past my youngest son and I was like, as a joke, I just go, hey man. Um, did you ever like have memories that weren't yours when you were growing up? Like it was like somebody else. He goes, yeah, I used to be in the army and I, I used to think I used to have all these thoughts and ideas. Why? And I was like, Oh, uh, never mind. Got, and I walked away. And I'm like, what the fuck? Cause I was just like not expecting that answer at all. It, Cause it was so like 
he didn't miss he didn't miss a beat and you could see his face and he meant it he wasn't like i'm gonna fuck with my dad it's like yeah no he meant it and he almost kind of felt like why is that wrong is that bad like he that's almost because he must have seen a look on my face of kind of (laughs) your terror like yeah but but, not terror. but not but the funny thing is like it's terror because like you don't know what to deal with it but like kind of like i really don't know how to process this information yeah yeah dude something and again the pieces coming back together and i think i believe that everybody has it but we're kind of conditioned if if we don't sort of say it out loud or develop it at a very early age or think about it or anything like that it just kind of like it dissipates but but i feel like kids are quickly conditioned to live like an adult meaning or like you know no no don't play with that don't do that stop doing yeah. that and then that kind of like almost immediately pushes it all out and then you're back to being a kid going i guess like a, because world war ii fighter pilot isn't going to stay in a five-year-old and go yeah you're right i should learn to eat my peas and you know he's gonna right. fucking uh, i'm out but um i feel like i do feel like that's a that's a legitimate thing you know and like when that woman died it was in the kayak and she died and they were, she was blue and bloated and they were like still sort of trying to give her a CPR. And then she came back to life and she goes, and the people who were giving me CPR and I went shit their pants, like they thought you were a corpse, you know, and she was in the afterlife and they were like, you know, everything's cool. Uh, your, your kid who died when he was four is here. Everything's great, but you got to go back because your family. And she's like, no, 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 I don't want to go back. I want to stay like. She had kids, she had a husband, she had a nice life. And she was like, this feels good. I like this. Like she wanted to stay. And they were like, nope. And she came back and woke up and they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> but there's, you know, I, I believe that that's a thing that the, you're experiencing past things that happened to, you know, other people who, again, technically there are no other people. We're all one person divided up into like, (laughs) it's just, which is why it's crazy when you see like people having wars and, you know, you're like, what? Like over a religion, over a piece of land or a border, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like that's, I can't like, doesn't anybody look at it from the moon? Like, (laughs) it's like, come on, man. There's, we're on, we have like finite space which is you know how earth day and all that stuff started is astronauts taking a picture of from space and going dude it's nothing is eternal nothing is forever and if we don't protect where we're living now i mean you know right now we can only get three dudes at a time to the moon and they can't live there so what are we going to do you know and uh apparently what we're going to do is have so many mass shootings that we'll be able to climb the bodies all the way to mars and and meet and meet up with uh uh, Jeff Bezos and the guy from Virgin Airlines, because only rich people will be able to. Dude, uh, leave but Earth. also, don't you think it's crazy that rich people want to do that? Like, don't you think they'd wait to see how many explosions and how many people die? Like, there's going to be so many mishaps. I mean, if you've learned anything from history, of course, you you that's what you do. You take the poor and you sacrifice them because that's what life is. Well, you know, unless you're the Titanic and you've made a little couple of miscalculations and you're like, well, we got a lot of poor, but we got a lot of rich, too. This yeah. was a mistake. I will tell you, and I, I know a lot of people will say this is instinctual to bring it back to parenting and kids and, and, and the interesting things that you learn once you become a parent. You know, we were talking about like, I don't understand why people get so upset about land or and wars and religion and stuff like that. 
I got to be honest with you, whether it's parenting or whether it's, it's schooling or whether it's where you grow up, we very quickly separate each other from, from other people. And we start putting each other in categories almost immediately with kids. Mm-hmm. And so we're, they're conditioned almost immediately. Right away. This is the category I'm in. This is how I'm better than you. Or yeah, you're in a gifted class. Taught, like, listen, we're all different. And some people want this and some people want that. And like, and so it, 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 it's, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy at some point, you know, that we just keep passing on yeah. to the next generation, the next generation. And we kind of keep going, I don't understand. Why, why does this, why does this keep happening? It's like, what do you mean? Why does it keep happening? Because it's called a cycle. Yeah. <laughs> because we're not capable, I guess, as humans, as nurturing humans, as parents, and I'm saying that in general, like we're just not capable, I guess, of of saying, well, the hippie families are. But, you know, other than them, we're just not capable of saying like, no, there's no difference between us and the people next door. We may not really get along with them, but whatever. Like the, uh, the idea of like, you know, again, there are certain categories of things that it's OK to be upset about. But the majority of things, nah. Yeah. Again, none of my no. business. If, if, if you're not oppressing a race of people if you're not hurting other people if you're not banging kids if you're not fucking dogs or whatever like or if you're not dog fighting there's like only so many more like even murder sometimes you're like oh i get that <laughs> you know it's like but everything else you're like eh. yeah you can't do that like that, that there's there's and as much as i say things like nothing matters. I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it like nothing matters, everyone. I'm just going to do cocaine and fuck hookers until I die. Like, no, I mean, technically everything we're doing that we see, that we look at is a man-made idea or construct that is unnecessary at best, you know? Um, I don't know. We just need to, we just need to understand that Cause, cause I don't, I don't want that to come across like what, like nothing matters so we can do whatever we want, but it, it's like, it doesn't matter, but why can't we just be the best we can be? You know what I mean? Like my jobs that I've had don't matter, but I still want to do the best job I can do. And I want the people I'm working with to like me and I want to have fun while I'm doing it. And the only way to do that is to not be a miserable piece of shit while I'm working, you know? Right. So you take the steps to not be a miserable piece of shit. You try to get as much sleep as you can. You try to, you know, show up refreshed and ready to go and you've eaten breakfast and you combed your hair and, you know, there's just, there's, there's a little bit of that, but I don't think we should get hung up on like, Oh my God, I didn't get SNL or oh, I says, fuck, I can't, I, can't, I can't do this. Or I got to fucking, no, I can't do my podcast. Like just everyone calm the fuck down for a second, you know? Well, I, I will, I will tell you, I'll give you a perfect example of something that I learned through being a parent. So we went to um, baseball practice and it's a really nice field in a not very upscale, let's just say a lower to middle, a lower class neighborhood you know, where people are probably struggling paycheck to paycheck all around us. Most of the property that this baseball diamond on, the baseball diamond itself is run by a group, uh, a private, like, you know, baseball group. So the field is kick-ass. It's beautiful. Yeah, and around it are all the public ones that are run down, neglected. And there's a lot of homeless people around there as well. And a lot of people, it's no secret, L.A., specifically has a very very bad homeless problem. epidemic yeah it's it's gotten it's gotten really bad and so what happens is we show up to these practices and there'll be some homeless people on the fields and i remember saying something 
to the coach. I was like, yeah, I saw there was a couple of homeless uh, guys there. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but dude, where else are they going to go? And like, he totally like caught me by surprise. Cause I thought like he was gonna be like me. I was very protective, right? Like I was, I did the immediate thing that we've been trained. There's something wrong with them. They're going to harm my children. They're going to harm me. There's no way that they are just homeless and living their lives. They've got their problems, whatever. Even if it's drugs, the bottom line is they're not looking to hurt anybody. Right. So I was immediately on edge and he like went into this whole spiel about like, you know, how privileged we are. And he's like, look at this baseball game. He's like, absurd. He's like, no one plays on this damn thing except us and a couple of their teams. He's like, do you think any of those people across the street, you know, in all those rundown apartments, don't you think they'd want to play on this baseball diamond if they had kids? But oh, we won't let them. And like, he just went on this whole thing. And I was just like, kind of jaw drop, like, God, I just I didn't have perspective. I just, I, and I, and I, it, it really stuck with me. Right. And you can't escape the, the homeless problem around. And especially when you have kids, the older they get and the older I get, I'm so hyper aware of my actions. They are watching my actions and how I react to other people. Absorbing all of it. Absorbing it. And so we, my son and I happened to get to the baseball diamond the next week, a little bit early. And there was a guy that was on the grounds. So I walked over while he was in the car and I said, Hey man, I was like, totally nice. I'm like, some kids are coming here. They're going to be playing baseball. I'll tell you what, we're going to play until seven o'clock. Um, if you wouldn't mind just, you know, just stepping off the field and I don't care what you do after we leave. I really don't care. I just know that right now you can't be there. And he's like, Oh, okay. And he kind of left. And then my son came over and he's like, what'd you say to him, dad? Like he was all excited. Like dad, dad handled the situation. I was like, and I, I said, told him, please I said, leave. And if you don't, yeah. there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> yeah. And it was in that moment that I realized I'm like, okay, this is really important. What I, what I say to him next is extremely important. So I conveyed that. And then he and I started playing and I started feeling really bad that I had sent the guy away. I could tell he was down and out and I was looking for him because when the practice started, I wanted to go across the street and buy him some food because I saw him digging through the fucking garbage. And it just, it just really like hurt me to my core. And so my son comes over and he says, dad, I saw you bird dog eye on that guy, like making sure like he's not coming back. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. And I was like, no, actually. And that's why I realized, like, I wonder what my previous behaviors must've been to have him believe that because my son is a sweetheart, man. Like that's not his thing. He's, he's part of the new world. Like that's just how I see it. But obviously I must've had some more gruff behavior towards these people or in the past that they've seen towards them yeah in the past that he had already seen so his assumption was i did that and i was like no and i explained to him what i was going to do and i couldn't find the guy in the end but what i did decide to do was um i needed to change that behavior and show them that these are these are humans that they need help and you should never ask if someone asks you for money i know your predisposition is to not want to give them money because you think they're going to do drugs they're going to do something bad with it but you have to get to the point in your life where like, is this dollar bill or 25 cents that I'm handing them, is, is, is my worry about what they're going to do with it outweigh the yeah. humanity of giving it to so me? You have to get to that point, right? And also so, look at if they're, if they're, if maybe drugs and booze are going to help them. So who cares what they do with it? Or it doesn't, but you can't, 
you can't prejudge. You don't know. You don't know what they, how they got there. You don't, you, you're not, and it's not your place to sit down and ask them, well, I, I need a story before I can give you this money. Like fuck all that shit. Right. Yeah. So my goal was to, to, to basically take $365, a dollar a day. So we have that money. And that if we happen to cross paths with somebody and they ask us for a dollar, we have a dollar every day for one. If we run into somebody, I want to be able to show them that that $365. Yeah. I'm sure we could use it. Absolutely. And it, and it looks big and looks, it looks really impressive when it's all together, but, but it's not, it's, it, I'm, it, 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 and it, it's, this is not me tooting a horn or anything like that. It's barely, it's not killing us and it's definitely not changing their lives. That's, but that's not the point. It's a building block. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. that's that's all it is in our family is three six five. Here's a book. Here's humanity. I'm not going to ignore you. I hope your life gets better. And then my kids start developing a different sense of when they walk past people, they don't walk past them and go, ugh, bums, losers, wrecking my wrecking our neighborhood because you're you know what I mean? Like I, I need to change that mentality. I think it yeah. starts there. Yeah, dude, it does start there. And the other thing I would say is that even if you don't have a dollar and somebody asks for it, it's okay to say, no, I don't have anything, but give them a like, look at them and say, hey, man, I'm sorry, I don't have anything right now. Yeah. You know, best of luck, whatever it is. But like, don't brush past them. I mean, the the everybody, human beings are all the same. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to feel respected and loved and everybody has lost something, is afraid of something, um, you know, is after something, is running from something. Like there's, a, there's not that much difference between. And also, what your kids are going to learn is that there's not much separating them from homelessness. And that's not to say you don't take care of them and they're going to kind of have good jobs. But like, there are many people out there who the rug was just pulled out from under them. It wasn't like they were like, hey, I'm going to do heroin for 50 years and then wonder why I don't have a place to live. It's like. There are people that were working and then they lost their jobs and with, you know, their skill sets don't allow them to work in with computers or whatever it is. And then they don't have parents that can give them money or they don't have a family that can take them in. And then where are they? You know what I mean? So every story is different, but also every story is a human story. It's like, yeah. It, it, and it, and yeah, it's, a, it's sad when it's like all kind of shitty choices. Like, well, I decided heroin and then i decided more alcohol and then i decided but like and those people can turn it around and i and then also we have a, a raging mental health issue in this country that's not being properly addressed so it, it's a combination of all things but i just think if you can teach your kids to just show that you understand that the other everyone else is human too it's like we're just different but we're yeah. the same i mean to me the, the the idea of the dollar is just is to begin the connection. And Absolutely. Again, I'm not saying, kids, you have to go out and change the world. That's and find not someone. I mean. Find someone right now to give a dollar to. Yeah, it's but it starts there, and it may get you to start thinking about things in a different way. Of like, well, what else can I do in my community? How can we make this world and this place like little pieces, little chunks? I think if every single person just kind of like starting at home. Think globally, act good, locally, healthy, a good, healthy home life first. Right. And then branch out from there one step further, not go from like zero to 60 and try to change yeah. the world. And when no one listens to you, fuck you. And I'm yeah. over. I'm done. I'm, done. I'm yeah. out. I'm burning all my social media. That's it. Right. Like, 
you it's just like it's a process right like so that's really what i'm trying to get i want them to start understanding that life is a process and you can do little things along the way and maybe it becomes something bigger and over time you can look back and see that how it started part of something yeah because everything starts somewhere i mean there was a there was a time in history when eddie van halen had never played a guitar you know he played the drums and then he started playing his brother's guitar and i mean we have van halen you know what i mean it's it all starts from like he didn't just pick it up and go hey and this is eruption and then this is running with the devil started he said that was that he was in his room and he went deep. Bop, 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 no, I, but he must have played some notes. Eddie, what are you doing in there? Deep, bop, 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 bop. I don't know. You're like, do you want a guitar? No, I just like making the noises. Uh, all right. Well, how about you play guitar instead of making those noises? Because those noises are annoying. The shit annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. But everything, they, they, it's just one step at a time. And no step is too small. It's like you, you have to take the step, though. And for your kids to like understand that. You know, yeah, here's a dollar. It's okay. It's just you're a person. Like, that is the beginning of them understanding that, seeing that. And then eventually, like you said, more change will come and they'll do bigger and better things. And then they'll have a, a firmer grasp on the situations they're in, even more so than we had. You know what I mean? Like, I look back when I was, I didn't know anything about anything. And I thought I knew everything about everything. It was like, what was I? What did I think? I was, oh yeah, I, could, I you know I'm, I basically became like a. I was just a, I was a kid. I was like a teenager who's just like I, I get it, life. Yeah, I I understand life. And now I look back and go, yeah, you fucking idiot. You didn't understand anything, and no. and everyone goes through that. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm special in that way, <laughs> but but you're but that's a start, and it's kind of a start that a lot of us didn't get. You know, my dad wasn't like, yeah, here's a dollar, go give it to a homeless guy. No, there was none of that. So, you know, that's a good move. Smart. Well, I don't know if it will be or not. I just think that it's better than it's better than the speech of like, you know, these people need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Oh, God, put themselves dude. In this situation. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I just think that there's it, it's all about how you look at life and how you approach it. And if, if you if you approach it from a, I don't trust them uh, or they're lazy or they did that to themselves, it's every man for themselves. I just, I finally, and I think maybe a big part of it was COVID and being around my kids and really in, enjoying the time that I spent. I, I had no choice but to, it sounds horrible, like I was in prison. Yeah. I had no choice but to enjoy my children and my family. Right. But I think coming out of that, I realized that you, you're, a lot of your enjoyment comes in how you view the outside world. And if you view the outside world as an attack on you, if you view the outside world as you have to attack it, because it's wrong. If you view the outside world as everything that they do is an adversary to you, that none of that is healthy. You're just an angry, bitter, like don't understand what the point of life is. And then it's over. And well, congratulations. You just shared that to another generation of you. Well, and and they're going to take that along for the ride and it's just going to continue. And it's just, I, I, I'm just trying to be like, after everything we've been through, um, at this point with my family, all I got left is trying to do the best I can to continue to guide myself, continue to grow myself, love my wife and share wonderful experiences with my kids so that they make it like, you know, you go back to what you said in the beginning. All a parent wants is their kids 
to have it better than they did. And it really does bake it. It really does boil down to that. I mean, it doesn't matter how you get there, but if that's your primary goal, you're, you're already, you're already at a good place, a starting point, you know? Yeah. And that is a sweet place to stop, dude. That was a, that was a nice button, dude. I like that. Mostly because it went back to something I said earlier, but um, <laughs> no, dude, that's good. I mean, look, I've known you for a long time and well, I do, there is part of me that thought all you guys were having kids for the material because I was like, everyone's like, I was with Eddie the other night and he's got like all these new jokes that basically Colton wrote. And I'm like, oh, that's not fair. Like, I don't have a kid to write my jokes. Like, I got to think of this shit on my own. But obviously, you were very involved. I mean, we're doing this at night because you couldn't do it during the day because you're baseball and your kids are doing shit all the time and they're and again that's good they're social they're out there they're doing it they're not inside constantly playing video games and that makes me sound like an old man but i do feel like you got to get out you got to be outside you got to go outside you know um but all right man uh, i hope you uh, do you have any plans for father's day this will be our father's no. day episode this is a d on my hat for dad Oh, is that what it is? It's yeah. uh, a Denver Bronco dad. A Denver Bronco, the Denver Bronco, the Denver dads. Denver dads. <laughs> it's only, a group. Only dads. It's a group of guys who wear Crocs and talk about barbecuing. The oh Denver my god! Dads. So, if you ever you have an iPhone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So on the iPhone, the to answer your question, nothing. I never do. I don't like celebrating me. I don't like part. You already know this. I don't like parties. I don't like any of it. <laughs> yeah. I want them out. I only had a 50th birthday party because you told me I had to. So I well, your it. wife because you got met. You're like, why wants to plan a birthday? I'm like, let your wife plan a fucking birthday party for you. What the? F and then you're like, well, we put the hot dog roller out. There's the party. I'm like, okay, let, let your wife handle this. Yeah, you still shut up for the hot dogs. All right, oh, so fuck yeah. Um, uh, but. So on the iPhone, it tries to predict where you're going. Have you ever seen that when you get in your car and it's like, it's only 12 minutes to so-and-so. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I know where you're, I know you, I know where you're going, you. And so I get in the car and it opens up and it's like, the dad's club is only 12 minutes away. I'm like, <laughs> dad's club? I'm like, what is this, 1952? And I'm going to put on my dad, what's the Fred Flintstone thing they wore? Your buffalo, your water I, buffalo I, hat, your water I, buffalo lodge hat. It, what is this? How pathetic my life! It's like this guy clearly is going to go hang out Dude, with some da dad club. You should have pressed go now and then just driven there to find out what it is. Like who, it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around smoking cigars. Like I know what it is. It's near a baseball diamond that I take my kids to all the time. But apparently, it couldn't even fathom that maybe I was going to the baseball diamond. It's like no, no, you're going to a dad's club. <laughs> First of all, get a better name. That sucks. What do you got tonight? You got dad's club. Mm, no. I don't think so. Sounds so. Oh. But that's that was that's a point I like to make is like for Father's Day you don't want to do anything. I feel like Father's Day was this holiday that started because it's like hey moms has something you know like yeah, we gotta exactly. You know. And then and then and then when it started because a woman created it she kind of was like look my dad raised seven kids or whatever by himself and he deserves a day and and which is fine and I get but now like most dads are like what no 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 don't look at me no 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 I'm not um oh, no a whole fucking day get out of here like. That like, my dad didn't want to like. He didn't want breakfast in bed. He didn't want to like. You know, it was the same shit. It was any other Sunday. Mow the lawn. Uh, okay, like. <laughs> it ended quickly for me very early on because of my kids. I'll give you a second button for the show. The, the but when when my kids were young, they said, "What do you want for Father's Day?" I said, "I'll tell you what I want. I want to sleep in." Because when kids are young, oh man, they're up at the crack of dawn, right? Yep. So Father's Day came. 
And every half an hour they came in to let me know they were letting me sleep in. So it worked out real well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so you know, Dad, it's 5 a.m., but we're going to give you another half hour every 10 minutes. Like, okay, it's 5, 10, but you can Because you stay it's in your bed. day, we're going to let you keep sleeping in. Really, it's, are you? It, it's you like are? the fear of like, if you get to sleep, they won't. you won't know that they let you sleep. So they have to tell you and inform you every couple minutes. I'm sure I was 12 times more annoying than that on Father's Day with my dad. I don't know. I can't really, I don't remember. I just remember him every time we'd be like, we should get dad a gift. My mom would get mad. Like he already bought himself a fishing rod or he already bought it. Like he would want something. He would just go get it like a human and then not wait for his kid. Like, oh, you're going to get me another tie or can I go buy the thing I want? Thank you. Like, and also, you know, you work all week, you bust your ass to support your family, and then you come home and you just want to watch a Bears game or you want to do whatever, and no, nah, we got a Father's Day. Like That's right. Oh, okay. you can't do a computer. You can't knit a computer. You can't do I don't need a computer. I don't. Just, you don't have to do anything for me. Don't do anything. Just That's what I want. Nothing. Well, um, <clears throat> thank you for taking the time. I know you are a busy guy. <clears throat> Um, and, uh, I hope your kids are having good seasons with whatever sports they are playing baseball, I assume right now, baseball but, football. uh, yeah, but they're done with the Dodger camp, huh? Uh, it hasn't been happening because of COVID. So. Ah, they're, gotcha. they, they're aged out anyway. Yeah. That's what I thought. They aged out. Okay. Um, but yeah, I hope you have an enjoyable weekend. I hope it's relaxing and not too, I mean, well, what other, what are father's day activities, but I'll be trying to get rid of the gopher in the backyard. That's really Ooh, problem. so you're going to become Bill Murray on Father's Day. So, hey, everybody. You're out there like with a golf club bathing in the pond. Um, all right. Somebody knows I'm not going to kill the gopher. I'm trying to do it the humane way, and therein lies the game. Yeah, it you're going to trap it. The gopher. You're going to trap no, it? You don't trap it. What do you do? You uh, you use uh, – oh, I forget what the name is. It's like a – uh, some sort of uh, organic oil, soap, and water mixture, and you pour it in the hole, and, and they, they leave. can the smell. But now he's getting pissed off at me, he, she, whatever, whatever the, the gopher is. Um, so it's getting a little more aggressive. I'm intentionally putting up more holes. Like, it literally is starting to turn into Caddyshack. <laughs> Meanwhile, I put up fences all over my backyard because of the fucking puppy is like 10,000 feet tall, and he's trying to, he's trying to basically eat the whole backyard so I have become my father because I watched my dad build four fences for a dog. And every time he finished it, the dog jumped over the fence and was following him back to where he was putting the tools away. And I see my dad just put his shoulders down and come back out and build a higher fence. The dog just jumped over that fucking thing, followed him back out. And then finally he just gave up and there was no fences at the house. So and therein lies the science of becoming your own father. <laughs> exactly. All right, dude. Thank you for very much for having me. On. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good weekend and uh, take it easy, man. Bye, bye. All right.